I'm Joan Gass. I'm the Managing Director at the Center for Effective Altruism. I joined CEA about a year ago. Before that, I started a nonprofit focused in global development. I worked as a strategy consultant, and I went to graduate school for public policy and business administration degrees, where I got to run Effective Altruism student groups. Sadly, when I was in college, Effective Altruism student groups didn't exist. But that version of me in college, um, the white shirt, I think would have been pretty excited about joining one if there had been one at my university. At the Center for Effective Altruism, I work with Max, who, are, who is our executive director on strategy and impact evaluation. And I also help support some of our programs. I'm excited to share with you an update about the Center for Effective Altruism strategy. It has been a priority for us for this year. Now, we don't believe that this will never change again or uh, is, uh, is totally set in stone, but it is the strategy that we're using um, to base our program decisions for the next 18 months on and that we've planned our organization around. So our vision is a world in which leaders, thinkers, and philanthropists are guided by impartially altruistic, truth-seeking principles. We think that there are multiple avenues to achieve this vision, but the way that CEA will contribute to that is through our mission, to build a community of students and professionals acting on EA principles by nurturing high-quality discussion spaces. We think about trying to achieve this mission through our three main organizational goals. And at the end of this talk, I'll talk about some things that are out of scope for our mission, out of scope for what CEA is going to do, but we think are important within the larger EA ecosystem. So in order to achieve our mission, we have three main goals. The first is to retain existing community members of all ages. The second is to grow the number of students and young professionals who are taking action based on effective altruism principles. And the third is to mitigate, mitigate major long-term risks to effective altruism's ability to build a thriving community. I'm gonna talk about these a bit each in detail and what I mean by them, and also why we think they're so important. So to start with our first goal, why are we focused on retaining existing community members? We have a lot of different people involved in the effective, effective altruism community right now. Some of us currently feel like we're having a lot of impact. Others might be involved even if they're not sure how they can have a lot of impact right now. For many of us, peak impact will occur decades in the future once we have more resources or more experience in our career. We wanna make sure that people feel supported across their entire career. Also, it's really important to stay up to date on new ideas. It's in part kind of the heart of the Effective Altruism Project of continuing to pressure test our beliefs and be open to new ideas. We don't know what areas might be especially needed in the future and opinions about cause prioritization and path to impacts um, are dynamic, especially as we do encounter new ideas and new research is conducted. It's just one example of this over the last five years, it, the effective altruism community has gone from kind of having a pretty small emphasis on policy um, to emphasizing it as a pretty significant pathway to impact for some cause areas. 
As a result, we want to make sure that we support and retain existing community members overall several, over, over several decades. This means giving people a good experience when they encounter effective altruism spaces and are part of the community. Providing opportunities to encounter new and dynamic ideas and encouraging people to update views in light of these ideas. Supporting people as they continue to take significant action based on effective altruism principles. We also wanna provide opportunities to mentor and support newer individuals who are still learning about effective altruism, as we think it can be a particularly impactful way for existing community members to multiply their impact. Something I know many of you are doing now in the Student Summit. So specifically, we think about doing this at CEA through a couple of our programs, supporting local and city groups, hosting events such as Effective Altruism Global, and supporting discussions on the Effective Altruism Forum. So our first goal is about retaining existing community members and encouraging people to continue to take significant action based on effective altruism principles. Our second goal is about growing the number of university students and young professionals who are seriously encountering these ideas. First, I wanna talk about why focusing on students and young professionals. A lot of students and young professionals are actively seeking to develop their worldview, figuring out models and values about the world. We're excited for them to consider effective altruism ideas as they're doing this and having it inform what they might pursue in terms of professional paths and how they might think about how they can contribute. Additionally, we have some empirical data, some survey data that indicates that community members who are most involved with EA currently most often heard about effective altruism in their early 20s. As far as CEA in particular, we think it's our comparative advantage to focus on students and young professionals because we've been supporting university chapters for some time. Now, the main downside of recruiting young people and uh, having people be able to encounter these ideas when they're young is that it might be uh, some time before they reach their peak impact. That's why we're excited about other organizations in the EA ecosystem, reaching out to people who are already leaders and researchers and philanthropists, which I'll touch on at the end of this talk. So given our focus on reaching out to students and professionals, we have two emphases within this. The first is because our overall vision in the long term is that we want leaders, thinkers, and philanthropists to act based on EA principles then we want to try and target clusters of students and young professionals who historically have had disproportionate numbers of alumni go on to these roles. As a result, we think that one promising area, though certainly not the only area, is to grow support for student groups at highly ranked universities. Now, when I say leaders, I don't just mean presidents or prime ministers of a country. I mean people that work in policy, whether they're an elected official, or a policy nerd at a think tank. I mean, people who work in diplomacy. I mean, people leading activist campaigns. To make it specific, I think it's pretty exciting to think that it might just be possible that the US president in 2044 is at the student summit right now. And if she is, her ability to have a positive impact in the world would be magnified with staff familiar with EA ideas, values, and tools. 
Her national security team would benefit from having a network of international relations experts with deep cultural context outside the U.S. that care about the future, the long-term future. And her policy team would benefit from reading cutting-edge debates from EA-aligned researchers who have reached opposing conclusions about the viability of clean meat and are carefully critiquing each other's methodologies. Now, a second sub-focus within supporting students and young professionals as they encounter EA ideas is that we wanna make sure that people from underrepresented groups who are interested in EA approaches are supported. The problems we're trying to solve are incredibly complex, and we're gonna need a diversity of backgrounds and perspectives to make progress. It can feel alienating to be the only one in a group with a particular identity or experience. And we don't want people to come to the community excited about the effective altruism approach and feel isolated or alienated. As a result, one priority as we think about growing among students and young professionals is that people from many backgrounds are involved and thriving in effective altruism. That's something that shapes all of our programs. We'll still maintain support for all the local groups we're already supporting, and we'll add more support for these areas of emphasis I've mentioned above. So I've talked about providing support for existing community members. I've talked about growing among students and young professionals. The third goal I mentioned is avoiding major long-term risks to effective altruism. By that, we mean risks like losing people who are already engaged in effective altruism and taking the ideas seriously, not gaining um, folks who, uh, not being able to reach out to folks and share ideas with new individuals or going off track in some way, like not making intellectual progress within effective altruism. Obviously, those are bigger problems than CEA alone can prevent. But here are a couple examples of work that we're trying to do on this front. First, we're advising effective altruists who get inquiries from journalists or other media so that coverage of EA ideas is accurate. Second, we have community health staff who can help advise on conflicts between community members, mental health struggles, or other problems that arise in the community. Another example is that we're trying to support high quality materials about EA ideas, in part through events like the summit and through spaces like the Effective Altruism Forum. We hope that these spaces both promote a flourishing culture within effective altruism and also help with intellectual progress on the problems that effective altruists are working on. So there's quite a bit under these three goals, but there's also quite a bit that we're not planning to do. The Center for Effective Altruism is only one organization within the EA ecosystem. So now I'm gonna talk about some things that we're not doing. We're not focusing on reaching out to new mid or late career professionals, to current leaders, to current academics and researchers, and to high net worth donors. We think that there's a lot of potential here, but it's also easy to mess up if you don't have all the knowledge or experience to do it well. And doing it poorly is worse than not doing it at all. We think people who are already in these groups, who encounter these individuals as peers or have specific training, are better positioned to do this than we are. And there are already several organizations within the EA ecosystem that are focused on some of these populations. Also, we're not focused on career advising 
or running activities that are based on increasing donations. We think both of these activities are really important in students and other people's EA journeys, but we're not specifically planning to run activities focused on these. In particular, we think donating effectively is an important part of the way that EAs can have impact, but we're working on spinning off parts of the CEA, of CEA that have focused on donations. At the start of the year, EA funds and giving what we can were projects within CEA that had fundraising as a major focus. We're spinning out giving what we can and are in the process of exploring how to spin out EA funds. So both these organizations and CEA can have a clearer focus. Finally, we're not planning on doing cause-specific work, such as community building for things like effective animal advocacy, AI safety, or biosecurity. We're also not working on in-depth individualized upgrading, helping folks further explore our cause area with bespoke support or scholarships, and research that is cause-specific. Those are just some examples of things that are important within the EA ecosystem, that there are opportunities to focus on or other organizations, but are not things that CEA tends to be doing. So you've talked about CEA's vision and mission and some key goals, some things that we're planning not to do within the EA ecosystem. And I've been told that talks at this conference should end with some things of actions that you can take. So here are some reflections based on this. If you've been around EA for a while and have a strong understanding of EA principles, I would encourage you to support newer folks. See if there are ways you can help others out. Maybe you can point folks to something to read about a topic they're interested in or introduce them to someone that could help them. Second, if you've been around EA for a while, experiment with ways for you and your friends to keep up to date on EA ideas or stay involved in taking action. Maybe you could start a reading group when a new EA-aligned book comes out. Maybe you can meet up with friends regularly to discuss the most recent 80,000 Hours podcasts or have monthly check-in calls about career plans and how to explore major uncertainties. If you're a student or a young professional newer to effective altruism ideas, one of the first things you can do is to gain a strong understanding of these principles. In addition to the Student Summit, I often recommend that individuals attend an eight-week introduction fellowship as a way to discuss the ideas more in depth with peers, put them into practice, and explore them a bit more. If you're leading a group or having conversations about EA ideas, please share your learning with others. You can get involved with discussion spaces for organizers on the Slack or the Facebook group. And what you learn can have spillover effects on what other individuals are doing. And finally, across the entire community, Culture is made by all of us. Think about how your interactions will shape effective altruism as a welcoming and vibrant space where people are excited to explore new ideas together. Thanks so much for taking time to hear about the Center for Effective Altruism strategy. Max and I are excited to answer some of your questions live. Hi Max, it's good to have you here to talk about CEA strategy. I have been looking at the questions in the chat that folks have been uh, putting in during the live discussion. I encourage folks to continue putting in questions, voting on ones that you want us to answer. Um, since we only have 15 minutes, we might not get to all of them. And for the sake of time, I'm going to suggest um, we're going to suggest like additional resources 
that folks can look at um, or put off questions that might be answered in other parts of the talk if we have to make choices. But I'm going to start with the currently most upvoted question, which is from Marka. Um, she writes that her current perception is that CEA is the main or only organization working on strengthening the EA community. Um, so one of her questions is, are we worried this means mistakes CEA makes are more likely to not be corrected? Or are there any other downsides of having an organization becoming influential such that only one group should continue to lead here? Yeah, I think there are, there are some upsides and some downsides um, here. But I think maybe first uh, to think a bit more about like, um, yeah, how much CEA is the only organization working in this space. Um, so I think that we, uh, yeah, there are, there are actually quite a lot of other organizations doing similar work. So 80,000 Hours is obviously promoting similar ideas. Global Priorities Institute is promoting this as a research field. Open Philanthropy is making a lot of grants to set up organizations in the space. Um, I'm, yeah, probably I'm missing a lot of examples, Joan, as well, of uh, other things. Um, yeah, there's some cause specific or profession specific things like uh, the Legal Priorities Project that's at the conference here. Yeah, so I think it's not, I, I think I'm glad that we're not the only people uh, responsible for building the EA community. It's a really important job. And um, so, yeah, I think also we've been trying to, over the past year, to define and narrow our scope to make sure that we're. Um, responsible for a more specific set of things, and we can really focus on them and do that well, um, which hopefully frees up more space for uh, people to do different projects. So for instance, like the course specific community building, as Jen mentioned at the end of her talk. Anything you want to add on that, Jen? Yeah, um, I, I, you mentioned like some of the downside risks. This is something I care a lot about just because I care a ton about uh, like effective altruism going well. Some things that Max and I um, think a lot about are ways we can get feedback. So sharing our strategy is one example, hearing back from folks about things they're concerned about. Um, we have um, a really active board that gives us advice. Um, we work with Rethink on the EA survey so we can get feedback from what's happening in the EA community to make sure that um, the impacts of our projects are negative and kind of see how things are going. Um, and I think that there are also some upsides in having our programs collaborate with each other. So the fact that we're able to have a student summit, and then if you're interested afterwards, share your information with group organizers or encourage folks to post on the forum or things like that also mean that there are, there are some upsides as well. Um, so I, we definitely want to hear if you think that there are things that we're doing wrong. Um, but I think that uh, we're trying to be careful about how to position CA in the space so we can maximize the upsides. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to emphasize again that point about feedback. It's really important uh, to us. We try to build a like strong culture of internal feedback. And uh, both my, me and Joan have our emails on our webs on the website. If you want to get in touch, have any feedback for us. Uh, and there's also an anonymous form somewhere on the website. Cool. So Natasha said that she can see the advantages of targeting students and professionals for their power to impact, but worry it might come off as elitist and off-putting. Um, many people who care about making the world better may be put off by this, um, even if they are more privileged. Yeah, I think this is a, a really difficult uh, balance and and issue to strike. Um, I think it's there's a an un, very unfortunate fact that the world is unequal, and I think that um, yeah, EA is really trying to correct a lot of those inequalities. Um, but 
it also does mean that there are these differences and opportunities for, for different groups. And I think whilst EA is about um, often helping a lot of the least advantaged in society, it's also about making hard prioritization trade-offs. Um, and so, yeah, I think there is some amount uh, where we, we're making a tough trade-off um, where we think ultimately this, um, this will lead to better outcomes. But um, I do think that um, there are risks of that seeming exclusionary. And what I want to do instead is like try to, yeah, try to build a broader, um, have a broader base to the community as well. And we've been working on spinning out, giving what we can, which I think is an action that um, a lot of people can take um, and that makes a really significant difference to the world. And yeah, we want people taking those sorts of actions. We want um, all sorts of people to get involved with effective altruism. Um, and it's really about kind of making, um, yeah, making some choices about where to focus our like additional efforts on the margin. Yeah, I think that's right. I also want to emphasize like we don't have magic balls, like folks' careers are long. We aren't trying to project what like individuals will do. Um, and I think we have like a very strong emphasis on trying to support folks that are interested in the principles of effective altruism and taking them seriously. Um, for the group circle in particular, if at the margin we have to make a prioritization decision, then one heuristic we might use for that prioritization decision is looking at historic alumni networks. Um, but I think there are also a lot of resources, while not quite public goods, have really scalable benefits. So things like a virtual conference that people can join or resources for group organizers that some groups pilot and test and then we can share more broadly. Um, so we want to be transparent about the prioritization decisions we're making, but we also, you know, obviously scalable resources that help expose people to high fidelity EA principles are things that we choose to invest in um, when we can. Yeah, I've been really excited by progress on that. It's been great to try out online events this year and, um, and also the forum, I think, is something that's really accessible to a lot of people. Um, there is a question about um, requirements for getting a community building grant, um, like how much does it depend on the individual, how much on the group or city, will there be more grants in the future? Yeah, um, I don't want to speak too much to the details of that program. Um, I know that Harry is currently thinking about some of the uh, detailed plans for the future. Harry's in charge of this program. Um, so yeah, we've got a website. Um, so if you basically Google effective altruism community building grants, you should find the right page on the website, which has more information about where the program's currently at, what we're looking for, and how to get in touch with Harry as well. Um, so yeah, I don't want to speak on Harry's behalf about, about that trade-off, um, but should be more information on the website there. Um, there is a question about um, if there's low-hanging fruit for educational media outreach. So creating like animated YouTube videos, um, partnering with YouTube intellectuals to partner effective altruism. Um, yeah, an example of someone who did this in the vegan movement. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on like opportunities in that space, Max? Yeah, I think it sounds really interesting. And also um, one of the things where it would be like good to consult people if you're pursuing a project like that. Um, yeah, so I think the that sort of thing can have really great reach and um, yeah, be a, a way for lots of people to hear about the ideas. But that also means that we need to present the ideas clearly and compellingly and make sure they're all accurate. So. I think that sort of thing sounds great and I think could reach new audiences, but it's also it's worth being careful about it. Yeah, and I think in particular, um, I think the concept of effective altruism is actually like 
pretty complex and nuanced and like hard to transmit in like a 10 minute video in a high fidelity way. I think we've seen some historic examples of like people thinking effective altruism is like just earning to give based on EDA, earlier media coverage of 80,000 hours. And it seems like content that's more long form and in depth, like, you know, 80,000 hours podcasts that are three hours long is able to convey more than nuances. So I think if folks were pursuing something, this idea, I may be, um, more concerned about trying to represent all of effective altruism within like a short video and instead something um like uh there might be like sub claims so thinking about you know how to compare effectiveness between charities or you know a question about um uh like you know animal sentience or something like that and i think i would urge folks to kind of think about some of the sub claims as opposed to trying to present all of effective altruism because i think historically um we've seen kind of like unintended consequences of um, ideas not being able to tra being transmitted in a high fidelity way in like very short, short periods of time. Yeah, I agree with that. There is a question about what CEAs, um, the, for, uh, excuse me, what's the best way to get up to date, think up to date with EA thinking for people who have, who have little time, e.g. focused on their careers. Is it the effect of altruism newsletter? Is there room for more content digestion and curation? Yeah, I think I, I've actually been thinking about this recently, and I'd love to see more things in this space. Um, I'd love to see people um, trying to summarize uh, some of the long form research articles and make them uh, maybe write a post on a forum that's a summary of a, a research paper um, that could be more easier to digest for people who have less time um, and a good introduction to that idea. Um, I've been kind of vaguely thinking about maybe I should write more forum posts like that myself. Um, so yeah, I would love to see more of that sort of thing. Um, and I think that's a good way for group members to also contribute. Um, in terms of what there is currently out there, I think the EA newsletter is a good place to start. It has some short summaries of articles and then obviously lots of links to click through um, for yeah the ones you're interested in. And then uh, there's also now an EA Forum Digest newsletter, which you can sign up for on the forum, which kind of highlights some of the best articles from the forum. Um, and I think David Nash from EA London also has a newsletter um, pulling together a lot of the best resources in EA. And then, yeah, there are some course specific ones as well. So I know there's um, Rohan runs the AI uh, alignment newsletter, um, which you can probably search for online. Um. I also didn't read kind of like a, a subtext in this question from Timothy. Um, he says like, e.g. focused on careers. And so if that's the case, um, the 80,000 hours newsletter, I think would be um, quite a good, quite a good source. Yeah. And listening to ATK podcast on 2x speed or whatever, as you uh, go about your commute, uh, I think that can be a time efficient way to, to keep up to speed with that. Um, there is a question about, have we seen cultural differences in EA groups? Can the same strategy be applied to all countries? If there are, is, if there are any differences, how is CA planning to address this? Yeah, so I think there are definitely differences between countries. Um, and I want CA to try to provide resources and help to local organizers rather than to dictate, uh, dictate how things should go. Um, so, Basically, we want to provide some central resources and, and advice. And I think that local organizers have a lot that they can do to figure out what makes sense for them uh, based on local considerations. 
Um, I think it's the case that we uh, are, are out of time for this session, but as Max said, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any um, feedback for us, our emails are on the website and really appreciate uh, the time that you're spending at the Student Summit. We hope it's uh, a really good experience for you. Yeah, thanks everyone.